Denver Rubber Company is the most reliable local partner for your long-term projects, and they are an essential business that has filled a ton of needs over industries including medical, military defense, government, wind energy, and food and beverage throughout this quarantine time. They've been around since 1972 and are the best at what they do. Family-owned here in Denver, diehard sports fans just like everyone in the DNVR community. They can supply pretty much anything you can imagine made out of rubber, but they also do metal machining and many other things as well. So if you need anything for any project, give them a call at 1-800-259-0010 or go online and visit them at drcfirst.com slash DNVR. And Cole gets another good righty and another right by Cole, a left by Cole this time! Tipped in front by Mika Rentinen. He shoots and scars. Nathan McKinnon. Call J.T. Comfer. 877 goes now. Gabriel Landeskog. Collective hugs. 29 and 92. Save me by Grubauer. Move over, Picasso. This piece of art is by McKinnon. My goodness gracious. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. They have two locations, one in Centennial, one in Highlands Ranch, where you can get any beer, alcohol, wine, liquor, you name it, that you might possibly need. I'm Rudo. He's AJ Hayfley. We're here today on a Wednesday where some interesting, I don't, would you call it news or more rumor mill type stuff, I suppose, acting up around the NHL right now. Yeah. Rumor mill was fun. And surprisingly, some interesting, uh, interesting abs talk going out there. Some conversations that have been had or are being had. I guess let's start with uh, the more recent one. Apparently, the Abs had been in talks with the Penguins about Matt Murray around the trade deadline. And we can dive into Murray's stats and, and his fit and all of that. But first of all, they have Grubauer and Francois. Francois obviously extended midseason. So a bit of an odd fit on the Abs side of things, maybe, where... Are, would Murray immediately become a starter if he came in, or I'm just not sure how they would run that in the immediate? I would think so, just as the most... He, at that point, would be the most accomplished guy. Yeah, and so I think he would probably come in. Um, you don't make that move unless you're kind of handing that job to him. Yeah. And it would be a pretty, pretty quick pull of the plug on Philip Grubauer. But I think the one thing that we have seen is that the Avs, first of all, they don't care if they have two guys who are starters. Remember, this is a team that ran an entire year with Varley and Grubauer. Yep. Like went out and got Grubauer to be the goaltender of the future he was the number one goalie available that offseason. They gave up a top 50 pick to get him and then immediately gave him a three-year contract. 
and that's all while Semyon Varlamov was still just there and had just like <laughs> he had he had just given them some quality hockey. So, I mean, yeah, they're not afraid to run two starters, and I guess at the end of the day, you should never be afraid to get better at a position. Definitely. But that's aggressive. Yeah. Like, it would be aggressive. Memory is 25 years old. Yep. And, and like, t- turns 26 this month, so will be next year will be his age 26 season like the dude and and he's got what four five years in the nhl already under his belt four five years and a half yeah like like four and like that he played like 10 games and then played all of their playoff yeah right so and that's that's sort of it is that he backstopped them to two cups and that's why they chose him over Flurry. Yeah, uh, I mean, and then he has been just okay, really, since they they turned the keys over to him full time. He has put up seasons of nine oh seven, nine nineteen, and eight ninety nine. Eight ninety nine being the most recent, right? And that's when eight ninety nine being the most recent when they had Tristan Yari totally break out and have a 921 yep and kind of just take the job sort of the way that Murray had previously taken the job and then they also had they they gave Casey DeSmith a three-year deal mm-hmm. and Casey then that was coming off of Casey DeSmith playing 36 games for them and giving them a 916 save percentage like and and Casey DeSmith had given them two years of very, very quality play sure. as a 26-year-old himself. And so he that's how he got the three-year deal, and he got buried. Now, the thing for the, the consideration here for the Penguins, Matt Murray is coming off of a $3.75 million salary and is an RFA. He's gonna make. He's he's going to get paid for sure. Not gonna be cheap. Um, and that's a team, as we know, always pushing up against the cap. The production line always running in Pittsburgh as well. Uh, they always have that next guy ready to jump in. It seems on a cheaper deal. So yep. Uh, they don't mess around, man. They do yep. a great job of churning their talent. Yep, and. With Murray, I guess my fear would be he just put up an 899. The 919 is solid. The year before that, he had a 907. Are you not just getting yourself into the same situation as with Grubauer here? Yes, he has the playoff runs. Okay, granted. but Which Grubauer did not have. Yeah. but it's kind of the opposite of Grubauer, to be honest. It When you're looking at what you're buying on, sure, but... At the same time, you're looking at, are we securing the goalie position, or is this another voodoo lottery ticket where there's some stuff to back this up, but at the end of the day, there's some inconsistency there as well? Yeah, you know, the 919 is is really, I mean, like, you would take that, right? If if I told oh, you yeah, right now, every day. you're starting over 50 games, your starting goalie is going to give you 919 save percentage, you'd say yes, right? But I wouldn't take a 907. 
Right, but the year before that, in 49 games, was a 923. Sure. And the and I, hey, coming off an 899, that means next year is the good year, right? It's his on year. <laughs> He's an odd year player. Right? <laughs> Yahtzee, that's, that's why they're interested in him? Craig no, Anderson I, has taught them well, or what? <laughs> right. They're like, goalies aren't voodoo. You just have to read between the lines, guys. <laughs> but it's the other side of this is with Murray, you would assume that the commitment would have to be pretty solid given it would have to be no joke because you're buying significant UFA years on his next contract, unless you're giving him a short deal that walks him to UFA. And then that feels bad. Yeah, that would feel real bad. Yeah. So I would, I would, Boy, I would struggle with that one. Same. Especially if you're giving up assets to get him in the first place. Yeah, and I think the the cost is something like are do they are they flipping Francois? Right. Are they flipping Grubauer? Yeah. Would it like one of those guys has to go and you would have to think it would be Grubauer at this point. Which Right. Francois is a capable cost control backup and Exactly. Like they they just signed him to that deal where it was like, okay, well that should ensure him as part of the conversation. You would, now? Yeah, that, I mean that would be my assumption and you'd be getting into some really weird weirdness otherwise for sure, but what? Really weird weirdness is a good way to say it. That, <laughs> that might be how I refer to goaltending forever moving forward. <laughs> Some really, really weird, weird weirdness happened in this game. Yeah. <laughs> um, 100%. So what's what's the ad there? Because obviously Pittsburgh has no reason to take Grubauer for Murray one for one. I have no idea what that value is. To be honest, I would not have any idea what the value would be. It, I, I would think if I was... If I'm Pittsburgh and I'm looking at this and I'm saying I've got a kind of a uh, a goalie asset because goalie asset goalies are never that maximized asset, right? Like we never see like fat goalie trades, yeah. Where teams get they get all kinds of healthy on the return, right? Like we don't we just don't see that. Yep. The thing that Pittsburgh doesn't have is much in the way of a farm system and draft capital. They don't have first, second, or seventh round picks this year, and they don't have, excuse me, third or fourth or sixth round picks next year. And then they've got conditions on a few of their picks, which who knows? Yeah, right. All right, so snap decision right now. Would it? Would you give up a first for Matt Murray? No. Okay. We agree on that. It's, I'm thinking about, I'm pretty sure the ads are going to be taking 28th. Yeah. Um, in this upcoming draft. And I'm thinking, boy. The problem there is the ads don't have a second either. Right. But this is, they had two firsts last year. If there was one year that they could afford to kind of be light, on the draft and afford to be, you don't ever really want to be, but if you're going to do it, like this is the one year where it's fine to be. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess, but not picking until 
80 or whatever, that's pretty rough. I mean, it's going to hurt. Like, you'll have to pay the piper at some point, but when Bo and Byram and Alex Newhook are rolling around for you on ELCs, you're going to be like... It's okay in the immediate. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're not throwing a big fit about that. You're like, yeah, this is, we're okay with this. Yeah, it's... I, I just don't... I'm not convinced that Matt Murray is that big of an upgrade. On the other side of that coin, with Pittsburgh's yeah. other goalies... With the 899 he put up this season, it could be a buy low candidate. Maybe Pittsburgh isn't asking that much. Maybe that's all they're asking for. Like, if it's Matt Murray just for a first round pick? Yeah, without the goaltender added or whatever. Then maybe you're able to recoup. Maybe you can flip a group hour for a second round pick. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe that's, maybe you can. <clears throat> Especially because group hour at three point. Three, 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 three million next year would be a cost-effective option for wherever they send them. Like that because I, you wouldn't run all three. You just that would be dumb. That would be, that would be indefensible for no, me. Yeah, like, you, that wouldn't make any sense. You can't run all three, and once Murray gets paid, you're going to end up with a really a large sum of money on your back end all of a sudden if you try to do something like that. The big so the big appeal we've talked about the big appeal with Matt Murray is that theoretically they could have the position solved. Right. You're talking about the next six years old seven years or you're good at goaltender. I, like I, I mean I would say you should be feeling confident for five years. Sure. In Matt in in that Matt Murray, like if you go and you get him and you sign him, your evaluation of him is that in five years. You're not going and getting him if you don't believe in that for sure. Right. And this is, you know, when they went and got Grubauer, my one kind of hesitation, and you can go back and listen to those, well, given how our pod network has changed, maybe you can't go back and listen to them. But when I when I was on those pods the day that that happened, my apprehension was, look, this is not like getting, like when they went and got Barley, he was 22 years old. Yep. You know, like that's, hey, we're done with this. With Grubauer, it was, we're going to give him three-year deal, we're going to give him two years to see what he has, and then we have to make a decision. And right now, I think that that we're even talking about this is, says that they're not they're not sold. Yep, that they're still out there trying to do their due diligence and find a long term solution at this position. Both Grubauer and Francois, and now this is the age of thirty is not the same kind of death knell that we treat it like with skaters, where we're like, he's thirty. Ah! <laughs> it's over. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Andre. Um, it, Grubauer will be 29 this November. Franco's, uh, I believe, is already 29 and turning yep. 30. Yep. Yeah, he turns 30 in June. So you're like, you're, you're talking about, there's a major age difference here. Well, I mean, that's the... It's a consideration with Grubauer, especially for his next contract, if that's the way the Avs wanted to go, is mm-hmm. that contract is taking him to 35, probably, more or less. And yeah. Murray solves that problem, where you can get him long-term and not have to worry about an aging curve, really. Right, and then and then you get into the idea of they can replace a 31-year-old, because at that point, if they were to give him a five-year deal, 
they could replace a 31-year-old Matt Murray with a 25-year-old Eustace Annanen. Yep. And if, if like, you know, sure, stars but... align and magic actually happens in this organization <laughs> and they get a starting goaltender here. But that's, I mean, that seems like a pretty ideal <laughs> path for someone like Annanen to, to work in to the NHL, be a backup for a couple of years or a year or two, mm-hmm. and then have an opportunity. It would be the Grubauer path. Right, pretty much exactly. Like, it would be. It would be because you're talking about being, okay, we're going to, uh, he's going to come one more year in Finland, and then he's going to come over to the North, he's going to come to North America, his age 21 season. AHL, reasonable expectation, two years in the AHL. Okay, now he's a, he's through ages 22, he's through ages 23, he's age 24 season. He's competing for the backup job behind uh, Matt Murray. He's the backup. He's a good backup. Age 25 season, he's a, he's he's either a backup or he's replacing Matt Murray. All right. Well, thank you for the follow, E. Brucker. And we got a Luke from Winnipeg in the chat, so cheers to that. Breckenridge Brewery. Look at that. Even AJ's got a drink going here. The official beer of DNVR. Breckenridge Brewery has their farmhouse down in Littleton, and when you head down there for pickup, you can get your alcohol, whether it be the Avalanche Amber Ale, the Strawberry Sky, any other Breckenridge beer, or even their 15-can sampler pack. You can also pick up a meal and get $5 off when you use code DNVR for pickup. Give them a call at 303-803-1380 from noon to 8 p.m. as AJ is giving me the crazy eyes. What is this? You're going to have to give me a moment to compose myself. All right. AJ <clears throat> AJ just lost his mind as we start the second period of the DNVR Apps podcast presented by Davidson's, another place you can pick up your Breck brew. AJ's, AJ's losing it here. I, I cannot wait for whatever this is. <laughs> our boss just uh, tagged us and uh, tagged me in our Slack channel. Oh boy! And says that uh, there is uh, a gaming rumor coming out that the Mass Effect trilogy remaster will be out before next April. Oh, all right. So AJ's got the vapors right now. Yeah. So that's something that I have been talking about wanting for a number of years. And this is exactly what I talked about on the gaming pod last week, which everybody should really listen to. <laughs> AJ, uh, AJ can't wait. He does have a Mass Effect tattoo, if you haven't seen it. He showed it off yeah. on the gaming pod, but... Okay, I don't know if we can see yeah, it. Yeah, a little bit on the mic, but <laughs> you can see it there, kind of. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, Show it off. Yeah, there it is. All right, anyway. Okay, Sorry. well... You talked about... That, that detoured there. Yeah, I, I, it works, because you talk about something you've wanted for a while. Here's a player I mentioned earlier in the season, when there actually was a season, that I thought was a good fit, potentially, for the Abs. Didn't really think there would be something there, but Buffalo, all of a sudden, maybe finds themselves in a little bit of a cap crunch, and there seem to be some legs to rumors about potentially moving Sam Reinhardt. So this one's interesting. Um, you would think, why in the world would they do that? Yeah, pretty much. He's one of their only good young players at 24 years old. Um, the cap crunch part of this is interesting because it's really... 
um, basically their their entire forward core is on expiring deals. Yep. Like well, almost the whole thing. The only players they have signed are Marcus Johansson, Kyle Opozo, Jeff Skinner, and Jack Eichel. Here's the problem. <laughs> there, that is four players who are signed for thirty million, basically thirty million dollars. Yep, Skinner's making nine. Those four players combined for $29.5 million. At a certain point, you just can't pay more for your forward core and Reinhardt due for a right. significant raise coming up. And when they've got, they've got plenty of cap space to make choices because they have $37 million. Sure. Now, with Reinhardt, the question continues to be uh, how much are they really do they really want to pay him moving forward how much is he really worth because Sam Reinhart kind of falls into that tweener category where he's a very very solid NHL player a good point producer in your top six yep He's valuable. He he will be more valuable to Buffalo than he would be to say a Colorado. Absolutely. Because they don't Buffalo just has a dearth of forward talent that can score like that. Yeah. It at the same time he's only 24. Him? I don't know if Buffalo will. That's I'd... like <laughs> $10 million to Jack Eichel and Jeff Skinner at $9 million for the foreseeable future. I mean, they have three more years of Kyle Oposo at $6 million. Are they going to be comfortable giving Sam Reinhardt $7 million? That That's kind of the big question, right? And, and Reinhardt is a guy who's going to basically provide you a 50-point floor player. If he has a solid year, he can push it up into 60-65. Right. Um, 20 goals <laughs> every season. It, the player is interesting. I think he would be a very good fit for the Abs, particularly in a second line method. Now, there are a lot of other factors at play here. If you're getting Reinhardt, you're just going for someone like Taylor Hall, and free agency is off the table. But sure. as an option that you could potentially oh, a- acquire and get a an expensive but solid contract on a guy who will be 25 at the start of next season. That can essentially lock up, and and the Avs don't have to look at their top six again for a long, long time. I mean, then, realistically, the next time that they have any kind of conversation about it is Alex Newhook busting down the door after at the end of next season. Yeah, pretty much. And and then you're having the do you do you play New Hook in the top 6? Or the, do you let New Hook slowly take the job from Kadri in Kadri's last year in his contract? Right. And you're uh, so at that point you'd be looking at a, a second line of New Hook, Reinhardt and Burakovsky probably. Yeah. Boy, I kind of like that. <laughs> We're right. Well, and then and you leave that top line is still the top line, or they can shuffle those six guys around, and it's whatever. 
like the the point would be that then for the 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 one year you would have both new hook and cadre yep you could throw a lot of different looks yeah right and then you do still you still have comfort you still have donskoy you still have martin kaut you still have shane bowers on the way yep there's you know like you're a lot of options a lot of options there that's that's the thing with reinhardt is that he kind of and it's not just Reinhardt. It's just that he's the next guy available that we're just going to talk about. Of course. We're going to talk yeah. about basically anybody yep. at this point. Yep. Um, but then it's that if they get another top six guy, they're done. Yep. Like right now, they don't have – they have five legitimate, bona fide, solid, set and forget, drag and drop top six players. Yep. They've got five of them. And then they've got some tweeners. Guys like Donskoy and Confer. Yep. And you go get one more guy. That's what and Reinhardt is in a lot of ways. It's just a rich man's Confer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's production wise, like you said, a fifty a fifty point player. Yep. As is at the floor, you're gonna get twenty goals out of him. He could play on your first line, he could play on your second line, he can move into center if you if you really needed to, if Kadri gets hurt again. Yep. You can you could slot him into center. Lots of versatility, and at 24 years old, you know, maybe it's it's more worth it to pay a guy like Reinhardt, even though he's a lesser player, than messing around with Taylor Hall. And but you're obviously getting the worst player in Reinhardt. Right. But you're getting you're getting one who you have flexibility or questions yeah. with moving forward because at 24 years old, you don't have any aging questions. He has no injury history. Yep. You're not messing with any of that. You know, the guy has missed, I don't know how many games Buffalo played this year, but in, in the couple of years before this, the guy has missed six games in four years. Yep. He's been healthy. So, you know, you're talking, you're talking about a dude that it's fine. He's fine. Yep. You're not, you're just not worried. And his teams don't his teams don't struggle to make the playoffs every year. They just don't make them at all. So he can come <laughs> to Colorado and get out of that. And there were rumors earlier this season that he wasn't the happiest playing in Buffalo. And if you watch any of his media interactions, I think that that would probably enhance that. So there's something to that side of things as well. Um, I guess let's get back to your original question here. Would you pay Sam Reinhardt $7 million? And if so, for how long? I would try to... I would try to go five or six years. Seven million would... It feels a little steep, right? It had hurt a little bit, but you're talking about a guy that basically is... I mean, you're... When we talked about Burakovsky, we were we were saying, "Hey, we would take this production from him every year." It, it's the same. It's the exact same thing as Burakovsky on a bit of a higher scale, right? You get sixty-five point Sam Reinhart. You pay him seven million dollars every single time. You get fifty point Sam Reinhart. That hurts. It's not that bad though. Like I'm seven million dollars. We look at seven million dollars and say, "Boy, you have to be a premium player at seven million dollars." And I think that this pandemic might readjust us back into that. 
yeah. because the cap might have the cap could struggle for the next two years as it recovers from this whole situation. For sure. And if that's if that's the case, then seven million dollars has to be a premium player, like a premium player. But we were moving towards a world where seven million dollars was fifty point guys. Anders Lee got seven million dollars. And everyone was pretty comfortable with that, honestly. Yeah. Well, well when we're looking at we're looking at Gabe Landiscock um and saying his next contract is we're hoping, believing, should be in the seven and a half to eight range. Yep. And that's a guy. When you when you talk about Landiscog and especially him going into his thirties, he could be a guy where you're saying, "Well, you know, and and in his career, in in Landiscog's career, to be honest with you, he's a he. You would describe him the way that we just described Reinhardt, pretty a much. guy that you twenty goals every single season, and will give you will give you a fifty point floor. It would have been more than that this year had he not had the last however many games taken. A little more faith in Landeskog's defensive game than Reinhardt's, I think. But... Right, and like that's not like not trying to compare the two as players. I'm just saying, like, as, sure. in terms of just what you're getting purely from a production standpoint, because that's that's kind of the lens at which we view contracts. Yeah, ninety nine percent of the time is points, points pay, and that's kind of where you build contracts is from the production and from the comps and all that. So. I would say $7 million would be a little rich for my blood, but I would do it under the hope that it gets the cap. The cap does take the big expected leap. New TV deal, uh, Seattle expansion, those two things being what they are that in, in the Reinhardt contract during it, by the end of it, we're looking at $7 million and saying instead of, I don't know, whatever percentage of the cap it would be right now. You know, instead of 11%, it, it ends at 8% right? yeah. by the time the cap Under 10, essentially, that. yeah. So, you know, you're looking at it and you're saying, hey, it might be a little, it might be a, just a touch heavy right now, but we think it's going to be, he will pay for that kind of deal down the road easily. Yeah. The real question is like the trade price on top of that. Exactly. You're going to have to, you're going to have to entice Buffalo to, to do it. You're going to have to give up a first-round pick. You're going to have to give up a, one of your defenders. You're going to have to give up one of your forwards, if only because you have too many on your own team. That Now you need to start moving one of them out. I, yeah, last time we talked about this, I think it, it started with something like a first Zadorov going back to Buffalo and, like, mm-hmm. Kout or something like that. I, I mean... If I'm Buffalo, I don't even know where I start with what I want from Colorado because I don't know that I would – if I if I'm getting a forward, I want probably a guy that I think is going to have a higher ceiling, so I'm not looking at a comper. I agree I'm, with that. I, if, I'm, if I'm looking at Jost, I'm feeling like I already have a Jost problem, a Jost level, Jost-esque problem in Casey Middlestadt. Sure. So I I don't know that I necessarily if I'm Buffalo I don't want to take on Tyson Jost and try and like, hey let's answer that question too like let's let's let him come here and prove it right. 
New Hook is obviously off the table. That's not yeah, not happen. happening. That's, that's stupid. <laughs> um, and if that's where it has to be, if like this conversation is like, oh hey, New Hook, and the abs are like, lol, good joke, and that's the end of the conversation, then so be it. But yeah, I I mean, Cout Bowers, basically any other any of the other forwards, I'm fine with. I. Any non-new hook forward, I, I have no objection to going along with the first-round pick and along with a defender. That would be fine. You're going to have to pay to get him. What if the defender's Timmins, though? It hurts, but you also know that you kind of have your three core guys that you're willing to build around. And that would suck. Like, that would suck. Especially if it's if they gave up this year's first and... They don't have another defender coming in to the pipeline like we expect. Then that would hurt, man. Like it just, uh, just to be honest, it would hurt. That would that would be a painful cut, and probably is what is realistic. I would. I mean, if they get if they keep Timmons, their defense is kind of done, right? Like they're kind of they're they're set on the defense moving forward. If they get Reinhardt, their their top six is done. Yeah, it's it is done. The next conversation about their top six is what does Landy sign for, and then what does McKinnon sign for, basically. Right, and and that's really that's realistically it. And when does Newhook take take over Kadri's spot? Yeah. So those are those are the conversations, really. Well, if you keep Timmons, you're still hoping that the the conversation on the back end eventually turns to. McCarr, Timmons, Gerard, Byron. All right. So you might be making a few bets, I would say, with some of these trades. Yeah. But I can officially say that I won my first sports bet here in Colorado. KBO? KBO. The Lote Bears, or the Lote Giants, came through and, and won for me last night. I put my money down and, and got the W with DraftKings Sportsbook because that wait is finally over. DraftKings has brought legal sports betting here to Colorado. Understandably, it may have flown under your radar, but sports are coming back. Not just the KBO, but this weekend, the UFC is returning to action. Should be an absolute blast. I'm sure a bunch of people are going to be watching. And now is your chance for the first time here in Colorado to get some skin in the game with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Yes, it is that DraftKings. They're an awesome site. Cannot recommend them enough. The DraftKings Sportsbook is honestly great. I've only started using it, but it's super easy. It's super intuitive. They have constantly a bunch of amazing deals where, first of all, when you first sign up and use code DNVR, they will hook you up with up to a $1,000 bonus based on how much you deposit initially and your first initial bet. So, Great deal all the way around, and they're not one of these offshore sites. They're based here in the U.S., and everything is on the books, above board. Super easy, super official, super awesome. Get on it. Again, use code DNVR, and they can match up to a 1000 bucks. It's just an awesome deal all the way around. Yeah, download the top-rated app, DraftKings Sportsbook app now. It's 
it's the way to go. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and first best match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25x playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's with Nathan Rudolph and AJ Hayfley. We've been kind of wandering through the rumors today as things start to develop more and more. We'll have to see as things go on. But how do teams get this done at this point? Because the Avs can talk about wanting Sam Reinhardt all they want, but if the draft is on June 5th and there is no player trading... This isn't realistically something that could get done until September, October, maybe even later, depending on when next season starts. Whenever the offseason happens. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much. So, I, I'm i not sure. We'll have to uh, play things by ear, because rumors, rumors will start, rumors will end plenty in that time, but... yeah. I guess, so here's the question then. I, I'm i not clicking that link, first of all. Yeah, I've been <laughs> on the internet long enough to know better. <laughs> Honestly, we should. But uh, obviously the big need that we've talked about a lot is top six forward. But seeing that the Avs are willing to look at a position like goaltender, are there any other unusual considerations for this this team out there? Well, that would be, I mean, we kind of talk about it as um, what do the abs like need, right? Sure. The other, the other sort of aggressive conversation that I think would be had would just, it would have to be Petrangelo, right? Yep. I, which almost a certainty to hit free agency at this point, given the moves the blues have made. Yeah. I mean, they would have to they would have to make a number of of big decisions in a. They would they would have to make several moves in order to clean out the money to to keep him around. Yep, it. They committed specifically to other defensemen at this point, so it doesn't yeah. seem reasonable for them to do so. And I mean, they've committed to that roster. They've committed to like twenty five guys already. Yeah, they're they're pretty much set at this point. Yeah. Um, Petrangelo we've talked about before he's one of those defensemen where you just add him and say it makes us better it gives yeah. the Avs a lot more with the leeway they don't have to lean on Byram as quickly as immediately I suppose even yeah so 100% I mean that's that's the benefit is that they would be in a position to uh, let Byram kind of develop at his own pace you know there's no pressure for him to come in and eat up a bunch of big minutes it's it's whatever right like yep. however if if he comes in and plays really well and he earns big minutes then you give him to him but if he if he takes a little bit longer then you're fine with that yeah exactly it's po- totally acceptable it's I, I guess the conversation in all at all three positions is they're realistically one player away from being set 
at that position. Obviously, goaltender, you're always one player away from being set at that position. But forward, they need one more top six forward. They have a core three of Makar, Gerard, and Byram on defense for the foreseeable future. Yeah, and let's be honest, like Eric Johnson is like the fourth guy that we don't ever talk about. He is. But very, very, very likely that he is around through the next four years as well. Yeah, absolutely. A core of the team, but maybe not a core player, especially in the last couple of years of that deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, it it is what it is. And the, seeing this now compared to three years ago where the Avs had essentially not a second line at all and a defense composed of two NHL-caliber defensemen, it's incredible that they feel one piece away. And I think, I I honestly, I wonder if... I, I I wonder how much they're looking at the roster and they're saying, like, What's the one identifiable weak spot where we just don't have a solid answer? And the only the only position is goaltender. Like yeah. they've got they've got a number one center, they've got a number one defenseman uh, of the future, they've got number two centers and defensemen, potentially a top three, top four, you know, they've got top wings. The only thing that they don't absolutely 100% without any doubt just have where you're not wondering, you're not asking any real questions about it. Cause we're not, it's not like we're sitting around asking about Nathan McKinnon's future. You know, we know he's going to be dope, Yeah, but the one, the one position that we are not asking questions about is goalie. True enough. Or the one that we are asking yeah. questions about is goalie. I knew what you is, meant. It's yeah, the, it's the it's the one where you can say, "Hey, there's not a bona fide superstar set in stone at, at that position." Right, and and it's the easiest thing to look at and say, "Well, you know, Grubauer is good, but how good is he really?" We just don't know the answer to that. We just don't know. We we haven't had a chance to really get a solid idea across two full seasons so far. We just don't know. We really don't. And that's really on him. Yep. He had opportunities to, to lock that down and they've tried and tried and tried and tried and tried. And December's and January's just came up short. You know, maybe it's, maybe it's Franco's at the end of the day, but we don't, you know, even then it's not like he hasn't like any, Anybody can, with confidence, say Francis is the number one goaltender in the NHL. You could look at his numbers and say, oh, I think that he could continue this. He's he's off to a good start and all that. But there isn't anybody out there who can confidently say, if you were starting a Stanley Cup final game seven right now, you would be 100% confident in Pavel Francis. Neither goalie has stopped it from being a conversation. And right. I hate to cut us off short here, but as we are live, we're just a couple minutes away from Game 3 of the 96 Cup Finals with the Abs and Panthers. Watch along. 
So by the time you're listening to this, if you didn't live, you'll probably have missed it. But we will be doing Game 4 on Friday as well at 6 p.m. So be sure to tune in to that one because, well, you know what happens at the end of there. We doing that at 6? The game is only two hours and like 30 minutes of the version that we have. So we could back it up to 5 or like 4 if we want to, but... Okay, we might need to... All right, stay tuned for the time, but sometime on Friday. Yeah. Um, Either way, we're going to get out of here. As always, thank you for listening, everyone. Before you head out, be sure to check out MSU Denver online to put a dynamic education at your fingertips without forcing you to decide between earning a degree and living your life. MSU Denver is the Colorado institution providing rigorous and affordable online programs taught by professors who bring the real world into the classroom. MSU Denver graduates use their relevant degrees to land coveted jobs. Some of our very own staff members here at the NVR are taking MSU Denver online classes this summer. Awesome place. Can't recommend them enough. I went there and graduated from there myself. So you know it works out pretty well. That's it. We're outie. Take it easy. We'll see you on the next podcast tomorrow. The NVR Avalanche with Hayfully and Rudo. The NVR Avalanche with Hayfully and Rudo. Please.